Hello, this is the Let God Die podcast. This is Josh Mozug, and I am joined today by Calvin Holloway for part two of our two-part episode. And if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I don't think that you'll be entirely lost with this one. We kind of go a completely different direction than the previous one. But if you want to go back and listen to last week's, I think you'll feel a little bit less like you're just dropped in the middle of a conversation. Near the end of the episode, we talk a little bit about a book that we have referenced many times, and we're actually doing a book giveaway. So listen in, and there will be some details about how to enter for that giveaway. Welcome to Let God Die, the weekly podcast sharing stories of God transforming lives through changing perceptions of who He is and what it means to follow Him. We believe that commonly those who reject God haven't experienced the truth of who He is, and that those who follow God often have false expectations or understandings. Together, we can take those perceptions of God and let them die, so God can live. It's kind of funny that we talked about how's your relationship with God often being like our, you know, what our effort is producing um, instead of being focused on him. Um, Like I hold myself to that standard a lot. Like oftentimes I'll be, I'll have like expectations for myself as far as like uh, what I want to accomplish. And when I fall short of that, I'll, I'll just be hard on myself. I don't like, I'm not crazy beat myself up over it, but there is just an element of like, what the heck, Josh, you're slacking, you know? Um, There's an inner bumming out that happens. <laughs> yeah, where it's the way that I described it to a friend recently is that um, I pretty much always have ideas of things that I want to do, whether it's ministry-wise or just creative ideas. Um, but uh, I'd say, like, realistically, partially because of time, um, if I have, like, a dozen ideas, I might do one or two of them. Um right. My inner struggle is, oh, there are these 12 things, and I'm only doing one or two of them. But I'm the only one that knows that. Um, And (laughs) for one, I'm the only person that knows that. And for two, like, God's not calling me or putting it on my heart to do all 12 of those things, you know. So uh, I I feel like often my prayer is for direction, (laughs) just in general. Um, Yeah. Because I'm always hold so many different directions, uh, self-imposed, you know? Um, yes. but, but along with that, I think one thing that really, th- really this year since 2018 started, um, that I've really been challenged with and has been on my heart is just to just being present and available. Um, and, uh, which is, it's been really cool because for one, I work from home. So like the whole self-employed thing, um, and that takes up a lot of time. But there are a lot of times that I'm able to do work late at night. Um, I've always been a late nighter and Kendra's cool with me, you know, here and there uh, after she goes to bed (laughs) doing work in the garage or in the basement. That's been really cool because there have been times during the daytime that um, I've had friends that have just needed to to meet up. We've had a lot of just really heart-wrenching things going on with some friends in the last few months that... uh, we've we've been able to just walk through things with them but yeah i guess like the availability has been really on on the forefront for me i i guess i just like realized maybe a few weeks ago it just kind of popped into my head like i've always been very passionate about telling the story of god at work you know and uh, whether it's it used to be video that i wanted it to be the primary deal with um, but then it turned into doing the podcast, and I, I love hearing stories of God at work and sharing those. But this this thought kept coming to mind that, like, 
I've, I've been so set on telling the story of God at work, like, but how, like, how much am I living that, the story of God at work? Oh, dude, preach. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, you're talking to my soul. <laughs> but it, it just like hit me really hard. Cause I was just like, man, I, I mean, still right now I'm like, I don't know how much I'm really living it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what, it, what exactly that looks like for me, but it, it's kind of gotten me in this different headspace as far as like, like, like the break of, with a podcast ended up being a good thing in that regard. I think for like 11 straight months, my thought was like, man, I'm not like doing the thing that I'm so passionate about telling the story of God at work, but I want to be available to live, you know, and to be available to be with people and to do life with people. That was a really cool reality that hit me. And I, I guess I think of a lot of the time, like with pastors, I don't know if this is a struggle that pastors have, but I, I can't help but think that that might be a difficult thing. Some of the time is like, you're always telling, you're, you're talking at people typically, you know, telling people the story of God, you know, which is a beautiful thing. But yeah. I think that it, it's got to be difficult at times, uh, maybe be hit with, the fact that like I've been telling the story of God so much, like how much have I really allowed him to transform me and to live out his hope for the world, you know, and like live as the church instead of just doing church, showing up to church, talking about God, talking about the reality of God. Man, like literally everything you just said, man, it's like, it's my life. (laughs) So like I was listening to a message and the pastor essentially said that, like, um, most forms of ambition typically isn't kingdom. Because, uh, of course, like, the podcast and everything is good things. Like, God's doing amazing things through it. And, like, we've all been blessed by it in so many ways, shapes, and forms. But, like, the Lord has never, he's never obligated you to do any of this stuff. This is, these are things that you like to do out of your own heart of just seeing and celebrating things that God's doing. Like, he's never, like, mandated you, Josh, you better do this podcast. You better do it good or else, like, the kingdom's going to fall and it's going to be all your fault. Like, yeah, well, th- there is one thing that <laughs> real, real quick, like, I like I. Yeah, I don't know if it's like call or whatever, but like, I do sense like very deeply that this is what God has me to do, you know, um, and I'm not just saying like the podcast because like, I don't know, it's an audio recording, you know, like it's sitting down and talking to people. Yeah, it is something that I'm very passionate about that I do believe that God's given me a passion for. Um, But that's not the only thing. Like, I don't want, you know, like if that was the only thing my life was about was hearing stories of God at work, you know. Yeah, anyway, sorry, go ahead. No, dude, totally get completely, I'm with you. Um, Like for me, uh, after my guys, because I don't know if people know, but like I, I did youth ministry for like six, six years roughly and i think it was right after me you had like a really life-changing conversation that i decided to step into like doing youth ministry stuff and like after my guys graduated high school i was with them since they were in like late seventh grade until they graduated high school um a lot of people have seen like after i left i end up going to another church to help build up another body and um from the ground up essentially like you know what i mean so a lot of people who are used to seeing me active and doing things in a church and doing ministry stuff are just like, yo, what is he up to? Did he fall away from Jesus? Like, where's Calvin at, man? Like, he's not out in the forefront, like, charging the front lines. Like, 
I wonder how his heart is. Like we should pray for him. And like, are, are you saying like are you saying you got <laughs> comments like that, or was that just your perception? Uh, could be my perception. Could be a reality. Okay, I don't gotcha. know. <laughs> but um, in that place, what the Lord has been teaching me about my own ambition is that sometimes, like, in my desire to want to do good things, sometimes it's better to just be an object of God's affection and be loved by Him. And it's far more important to have that be solidified, because like we can easily get lost in history stuff and like we can get lost in doing things for god that we no longer do things with god dang and um when the lord brought the story of martha and mary to me um there was sudden just something so essential he taught me so like i'll be super brief with this story too but i love it so much um martha and mary the disciples are over they're chilling at mary's house you know she cooking cleaning you know she got turkey macaroni and cheese pretty sure like you know they was they was getting it in barbecuing or something and um Jesus is sitting down at the table reclining you know he's talking preaching doing his kingdom thing and Martha is just like stressed out beyond stressed out she's like you know macaroni and cheese is burning turkey's on fire I got dishes piled up Paul keeps asking for refills I don't have no more none for him to drink like and my sister Mary who's supposed to be helping me host the king of glory in my house is just sitting down at the feet of Jesus listening doing nothing like she's so distressed that she basically cuts jesus off mid-teaching which is to me just like ultra bold like you don't cut off the king of glory as he's talking (laughs) it's a rich rule of thumb (laughs) like yeah you know you you would think you know common courtesy like if jesus is speaking is something important she's just like uh uh, uh, hold on time out jesus i know what you're saying is important i'm gonna let you finish but uh, Mary is sitting here. I see what you did there. You. <laughs> you got that? Did yeah. You get that? Yeah. <laughs> Mary's just sitting there, like my sister's sitting here, just listening, just like laying down, just chilling. You know, I get you talking, I get it's important, but she's just like not helping me. Like, I need help. The macaroni and cheese is getting hard. The turkey's on fire. The dishes are piling up. Lord, tell her to get up and help me. Like, what the heck? And Jesus just kind of like turns to Martha, like just so lovingly and so like just just the way Holy Spirit is drawing and like lovingly bringing correction where it needs to be. He's just like Martha, Martha, like just so patiently, like you 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 worry yourself with many things of this life, but only this one thing is necessary. And like this is the word of Jesus. He says that only this one thing is necessary. And he says that Mary has chosen the good portion and it will not be taken away from her. And like after I read that, I kind of thought about that. Like how many times have I found myself actually doing things out of like, a, I guess naturally like a good heart, but a bad execution of like, naturally she wants to make sure that her house is clean. Cause like she's hosting Jesus. Like that's a big deal. That's, that's a good thing. She wants to make sure things are in order, but at the cost of her heart suffering in the meantime, of her not actually gaining what he's trying to teach her in the moment she's missing it. So in Mary's case, what I've noticed, even in my own life, by operating in more of a Mary posture instead of a Martha posture, I've learned that when I'm actually sitting at the feet of Jesus, when I'm having my time alone with him and he's just washing truth over me and he's teaching me who I am and he's teaching me who he is, like when I actually make a move in Christ, it has so much more power behind it than me just making steps and hoping that God meets me in it. And Jesus said that is this one thing is necessary. So for him, the one thing that is necessary and in the kingdom, the one thing that actually is productive 
is actually resting. We don't value rest the way that Jesus tells us that we should because our, our society worships productivity. We worship busyness. We worship doing things. We worship being in the forefront. We worship doing the, uh, I guess I'll just say this, like doing the sexy ministry stuff. We like being out in the forefront. We like being seen. But Jesus is calling us to a deeper posture of just like being sons and daughters and letting truth wash over you. So when you do make a step, like the power of God is behind that step and it's that much more effective, not only just busy or productive, but it's effective. Yeah. And, and I guess it's, for the, and it's like, how do you know, how do you know what God would have for you to do if you're not spending time with him in the first place to, to find exactly. that out? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It looks like a lot of striving for identity instead of living from identity. And that's something that Holy Spirit like just called me out on just like in the realest way. So like my step back from like not doing so much in the forefront anymore has been just me simply trying to operate in a Mary posture instead of the Martha posture that I've been used to my whole life. And like the effectiveness is that much more like it's crazy. Like you were saying, just taking time off and actually being available. There's so much God uses in a person that's available than a person that's just busy all the time, filling their time with things that don't matter, like don't matter. And that's myself included. Like there's just there's a deeper, I guess like there's a deeper calling, and there's deeper life to be had than I think the things that we often just settle for out of being used to being busy. Yeah, yeah. And it, there there are some ways that I don't know. Maybe there will be future seasons of life that I'll have like, you know, more that I'm like committed to as far as schedule wise. You know. Like, I don't want to, yeah. like, make it sound like, yeah, those commitments are <laughs> straight up trash. Because, um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, a lot of great things happen when when you're where God wants you. And sometimes mm -hmm. that, that sometimes that is sacrifice and you're not as available as you would like to be, you know. But, um, but yeah, I, I think for this season right now, like, there have been a lot of things that confirms, like, um, there have been a couple nights in, like, the last maybe month or two where uh where a friend has just stopped by um and uh, like messaged me like hey what are you up to tonight but like they were already on their way you know um and it, <laughs> it was kind of like a, a thing where it, it was just like a beautiful moment where like we had really real talks about things that were going on in life and afterwards it was just like yeah i don't know like so much of my life i mean honestly man like in my 20s like that's that's one thing that that's really tough to to consider is uh, I know that I know there are a lot of people that um, I don't know that I had opportunities to um, be there for, um, but I was not in a place to I wasn't in a posture that I was available. Um, right. And um, I think that I I burned some bridges with people by not being available. You know, being over, I guess you could say over involved in things that looking back, I was striving because I thought that's where I should be. Um, yeah. When in reality, I mean, like with youth ministry, that being one where it was like most nights out of the week, I was like hanging out with kids. There wasn't like it was more about quantity than quality, you know, in reality. Yeah. Um, and I was like so much about building relationships. Like the intention was there, but like, I don't know. I, I guess there were just a lot of opportunities to really invest in in people that 
don't know. I was just like kind of in that workaholic mode, um, which still creeps up, but, um, yeah, just trying to have more of that posture of being available and, uh, allowing, you know, allowing God to bring opportunities and be faithful to accept them instead of just being like, Oh, we got all this stuff to do. And like, yes, yes, yes. Like, even like in myself, like when I was in that place of just like striving to like, I guess <laughs> in a weird way, like affirm my faith, like affirm my belief because I believe in Jesus. Like, I guess when I was in that place, like I was pouring out of an empty cup and like granted hanging out with people and engaging people like those things were helpful. They could have definitely been maximized if I actually spent more time with the Lord. I'd actually have something to give than just like a hangout like maybe the lord could have had a word maybe um a deeper issue could have been spoken into that i wasn't aware of because of my busyness and like one thing that i do hate is that even in myself that is being confronted like daily is the fact that i tend to be a very forward focused person so much so that like i have a very small friend circle contrary to popular belief and uh it's because like even sometimes when I'm with someone, my mind is somewhere else. And like, dude, that's sin, man. I'm just call it exactly what it is. Like, there's no reason that I should be with someone that the Lord has made in his image and loves dearly and wants to love and speak into and my mind be focused on the next thing tomorrow morning. Like, and even like Tuesday night after worship night, we went to Buffalo Wild Wings and like we went out to eat. And I went early to get food because I had to be home to go to sleep. And like, you know, sleep is valuable and like I work a physical job, so I need the bodily rest. But at the same time, like even when I'm with people, I'm already thinking like it's already past 12 o'clock. I have to be up at like six in the morning. And so, my so you're saying like your head, your head was already there while you were with them. Like, right, dude. And like that's just not OK. Like that's never OK. Like I, there should be no reason why I should be focused on that. I should be present in the moment where I need to be and like obedient to what God is leading me into. And like the thing is the lord is teaching me how to prioritize that a lot better and to just be present with people and be okay and um what andrew kind of taught me uh yeah for people who don't know andrew aka kept on hold alohepin is my roommate and best friend like one thing that he told me the lord gave him a vision one day when he was like praying and the lord was like dude He's like, I feel so stressed out because I just don't feel productive enough. I don't feel like I'm getting enough done with my day. And he's like, uh, and then the Lord's like, dude, open up the Bible, read Genesis. And Andrew's like, dude, ew, gross. Why would I do that? <laughs> and uh, and um, dude, we, we laughed pretty hard about that. But he was basically saying when God created the earth, like he did two to two to three things max in a day. And he said that, like, you know, it was good. And he rested after that, like. The Lord could have easily spoke everything to existence at once by a snap of his hand and made it all perfect. But he purposed to do one or two things a day and be satisfied with that. So, like, what he was teaching me is that you can't take on so much in a day that, like, your mind's not able to be settled where you are. You're not being present. Like, it's like that propaganda poem, Be Present, where he's talking about the uh, talking to his dad about please podcast listeners if you get a chance to listen to that poem it's life-changing but um basically in being present like you're not worried about the future or what's going on or so shell-shocked by the past that you can't like 
you're projecting onto the future things that haven't even happened yet like it's better to just be present in the moment where you are and be fully there and have and like for someone to have your full attention yeah so like i made a practice of if i'm with someone and there's a one-on-one hang like that like i'll literally shut my phone off i'll shut my phone off and i'll make sure i give that person my full attention because i want them to know that for when i do care about them i care about where they are and there's nothing more important than like them right now in this moment that we're in mm-hmm. and to like i guess like just share that and own that you know yeah preach man because like uh even even with availability like i realize that there are a lot of times that i'm not present when i'm available you know um it hurts yeah and it's that, weird <laughs> yeah and along with what you were just saying um yeah like always forward thinking like i fall into this a lot with like the work that i do but i'll give an example like <laughs> with me and kendra um there was a time I think early on when we uh, moved into our house that like we would get like a project done and it would be like, all right, like got made some progress like on the house, you know, really cool. Um, And then it was kind of like Kendra immediately wanted to move on to the next thing. It was just like, all right, like, like what are we going to do now? You know? Um, And there, there was just a, a point in time that I was like, can we, can we like, like we've gotten a lot done. Like, can we like enjoy this a little bit, you know, and just like slow down and, uh, you know, like, uh, it's not like our house isn't livable, you know, (laughs) um, but just to kind of, yeah, like rest and enjoy what has been done, you know? Um, but I, I feel like that a lot with my woodworking where like, I like to be productive in general, you know, which is a tough thing because there, there are times that I fall into that. I would say the majority of times that I fall into that where, um, where, where, yeah, like last week I had a, had a lot of business come in and like really just a lot of God's provision in a lot of cool ways. Um, but I don't know, I would like get done with a ton of stuff and then the next day be like, I don't have any, don't have any business, business right now. Like what the heck, you know, um, not, not with a heck in a complaining way, but kind of like where I just like was like, I want to be productive today, you know? Um, but, but in reality, I think just needing to slow down and being grateful for what has been. Um, and at the same time, yeah, working hard, but being able to actually be present with what, what, what is, and like recognize the ways that we've been provided for, recognize the ways I'm just saying like in general, not just in business, you know, but like, um, yeah, just be able to recognize um, and celebrate like what God has done while lo- while looking forward, but just not allowing the forward thinking to prevent you from seeing what's right in front of you or from seeing the people that are right in front of you or seeing opportunities right in front of you. Um, yeah. Where that's, uh, I referenced this recently, there's like an As Cities Burn line that says, I once was blind, but now I just look away. Um and yeah. I've heard a couple other bands say very similar things where it's just like, you know, it used to be that I was unaware, but like now my eyes have been opened to the things of God and his goodness. But often I'm just, I don't have open eyes to see the good that is, you know? And I think that that's the the reality. That's my prayer all the time is like, I know that there are opportunities around me um, to grow and to love. Um, but I want to have open eyes to those things. Cause I know a lot of the time yeah. my eyes are on other things that I need to do or need to focus on or like that have deadlines or have self-imposed deadlines. 
when in reality every day if I have eyes open and I'm able to slow down, um, I don't know, God has something else for me. And it's always better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. So true. Like, because oh, even in moments like that where, like, we are caught up, rather than just resting and celebrating the victory that is, like you were talking about, like, like you and Kendra, like, do your project. And it's like, well, this is good. This is awesome. Uh, let's binge watch a series on Netflix and like eat Oreos and like just chill together. Like normally me and my brain will be like, okay, now I can get ahead. This is good. Yeah. What else can I do? And like, oh, that's, that's like me, my man. normal <laughs> inclination. Like, oh, it's so evil. Like when I think about it, like it's, it's so like, ah, uh, it, it's, it's that earning thing again. And the Lord's like breaking me from like, just enjoy what I've put before you. And like, in a weird way, this is like weird to a lot of people. I told Andrew I did this, and he like scolded me for it, in a, like a funny way. Uh, I was listening to a message, and like the pastor was like talking about singleness and stuff like that, and like you know we're don't have to delve into that whole thing, but he was like, "You're still an individual, like in Christ. Like when was the last time you did something just like you and Jesus just hung out one day?" He's like, "Take yourself out to a movie," and I was like, "I haven't." hung out with me in a long time and i know that sounds super narcissistic <laughs> it sounds kind of crazy because you live with yourself but like was the last time you just hung out with yourself so like i took myself to black rock and had a really nice steak dinner and a corona and i was just like this is really good like i enjoy this right now like this is great like just celebrating god's provision in my life and like understanding that well, I can say better understanding, growing to understand that the Heavenly Father is my source. I'm not my source. So anything good that comes in my life is because he's brought it. And rather than focus on what he's not doing and the things that haven't happened yet, I can't easily just celebrate the things that he has done and the things that he's delivered me from and thank him for it and just take time to rest in that. And actually, like, your heart's more posture to receive the things that are to come because it, it builds the patience in your character to actually like wait on God for things. So like I did that and Andrew's like, dude, that's weird. Like you went to Black Rock by yourself. Like you walked in and you were like, hey, uh, table for one. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that's what I did. But I sat at the bar, it wasn't weird. I didn't get like a whole booth to myself like that. That's weird. But <laughs> I just kind of sat at the bar, had a steak, and uh, work through like this workbook thing my pastor gave me, like a like a self, like a self. Uh, how can I say? It was a uh, like a, a soul inventory kind of like thing. Like you know, what things are you expecting of God? What things do you want to see Him do? Like it was like a vision thing for your life. And like I worked on that workbook and ate a steak, and I felt so like relieved. I didn't yeah. feel stressed. I didn't feel like I had to worry about tomorrow. I was just like in the moment, and I felt so rested and ready. And I had the chance to actually, like, talk to my bartender about Jesus. And it was really cool. And, like, she received it really well. And, like, it was awesome. And I would have not done that otherwise. I think, I think I'm think i going to bring you a book when we come to Michigan next. Um, oh, snap. But it's one that I've referenced a ton of times on the podcast. We actually did a Tuesday night guy's Bible study on it. Um, well, on a video series of this guy uh, that I think you were around for, Cal. Um, but the guy's name is Anthony DeMello. Um, but, oh, Father DeMello. Yeah. In the book, though, we, we me and Kendra love this book. Um, and if you've listened to a lot of the podcast episodes, you've probably heard me mention him a lot. But 
uh, I think we ordered Dude, 20, know some things. Yeah, we ordered twenty five copies of The Way to Love because <laughs> we were just we were always telling people about it, and we we're like, we may as well just have a bunch of these. Um, and they they were fairly cheap; they're like pocket size. Um, but he talks a whole lot about just like getting alone and allowing God to pour into you, you know, yeah. um, and just like to really just be able to be comfortable by yourself um, where you're not seeking anyone's approval or satisfaction. Um, Come on. You're able to just like exist in your own head and not be consumed with things and just like allow yourself to be content with being you being a son of God. Um, and just like it, he basically says like from that, like that's when you can truly receive real love. Um, yes. I mean, not that like, yeah, not that loneliness is, you know, but like having that healthy, just time by yourself to like really, I don't know, just allow your identity to come from God alone, you know, and not from people and not from how you see yourself in, through people's lens. But, um, but yeah, it was just saying that like when you get to that place, like that's when true love can really flow out of you. Um, yeah. But like Dude, he, what, what he I... talks a lot about that type of thing. And it, it really hit me like at a time that I was just starting to be comfortable in my own skin by myself. <laughs> so it was, huh. it was really timely. Dude. Oh, like one thing I love about just that concept. Like I heard uh, a pastor once call that being independently dependent on God. That's great. And, uh, yeah, I was like, one of the things that I that I love so much about that is that uh, even within a community, if you find yourself where you need community instead of want community, community can only fail you. Because at that place, you need people to love you. You need people to recognize you. You need people to affirm you. And when they don't, it's easy to, for you to find yourself hurt and dismayed, discouraged, rather than actually taking those things from the Heavenly Father so when you're within community, you're pouring out and giving those things away and more freely being able to love people instead of needing them to love you. Um, I've seen some of the greatest communities thrive from people who individually just are comfortable with who they are in the Lord, like when no one else is around. And um, it's a more freer type of love. Like it's not that you can't experience real love, like you were saying, but it's a more full, like a more filling kind of like love, a more full I guess experience of that. Yeah, for sure. Um, we should probably just do a, another book giveaway of that book since we have <laughs> some. And uh, yeah, uh, if you're listening to this episode, just go ahead and let us know that you want the book. And we'll say by July 10th, we'll, we'll draw a name. Yeah, I don't know. I like giving free things to people that uh, I value a lot. So We'll, we'll we'll go ahead and do that. And I never make enough time to read, but I have read some books recently that I <laughs> that I really love, and this is one of them. So, yeah, dude, I remember you showed us that message uh, Father Demello preached. Yeah, uh, I think at a dudes group a couple years ago. Like a lot of the stuff that he was saying just super stuck with me. Like that that dude understood some things about just like love and like Holy Spirit and like God, like. And just being loved by God, being an object of God's affection and not like having to earn that, but just to be a receiver of it. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, yes, please give me a copy. In Jesus name. <laughs> <laughs> well, it shall do, man. Uh, Your boy needs some help. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I wanted to kind of go back a little bit to the whole uh, living 
the story of God instead of just telling it type thing. I don't know what it is about about me, but like, man, I think apologetics, they're fine. But typically whenever I hear like arguments for God, I, I want to use, ar- or not use, um, I guess I just want arguments to be logically sound, you know? Um, yeah. And there, there are a lot of the, a lot of times that, you know, like an atheistic perspective is shot, shot back at with, you know, an apologetic deal that just like is not fully sound. Um, a lot of the time my growth happens from either hearing something in support of God that is not sound and then getting to the reality of like, what is the truth in there though? Like, can I, can that lead me to finding Jesus, you know, in a, in a real way? Um, that maybe, maybe, maybe the argument or that, that perspective was just a little bit flawed on, you know? Um, and then other times being like, yeah, that, that has no truth in it. And like, let's not use that. Um, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, I guess like a lot of the time also I'm challenged by people that, that aren't believers who have things to say that instead of just being like, oh, they're anti-God, you know, like really taking, really letting things kind of like marinate and resonate, um, where I'm able to be like, all right, like, is, is that like my experience? Um, can I relate to that in some way? I guess I say all that because there, there are a few musicians in particular that I listen to from time to time. Cause I, I find that when I listen to them too much, I start questioning things in ways that are often unnecessary. And it like gets kind of me in this kind of weird headspace where, um, I start asking questions that in reality, I'm like, these aren't even things that for one, I could find an answer or that an answer exists to. And for two, like they're, they're just like steeped in negativity and steeped in, um, in anger and bitterness. And like, that's not where I want my heart to be. Um, and that's not where my heart is, you know, and it kind of breaks my heart that that's like the perspective. Anyway, um, there's a guy named David Bazan used to be in a band called Pedro the Lion. It's, it's kind of wild. Cause like he talks a lot from deep places of doubt and things that he just can't reconcile that have drawn him away from God. Um, but a lot of those same things when I have considered them have really drawn me to the heart of God and have yeah. caused me to. And it's kind of like this, this sad thing, but I think really, really cool at the same time that like the, the very things that have drawn him away are the things that have drawn me towards. Um, but, but yeah, one, one song that's been running through my head like crazy, it's called bearing witness. And essentially the concept is that he, he's just stating that, you know, for most of his life, he's clung to things, um, that are, that are, you know, quote unquote truths of scripture. Um, he's clung to the stories of God. Um, but like in reality, like that's not what bearing witness is, you know? Um, and I, I think what he's mostly saying is that there are all these stories that he's been presented with that are like, yeah, like just trust that these have happened on faith, you know? Um, but like he himself has not experienced it in a real way. And like that for a long time, he had called that like the story of the gospel and biblical stories. He had considered that, you know, I'm bearing witness of the, of the truth, you know, but then recognizing that, um, he's not bearing witness of those things. He's just, or he had been like believing them blindly. Um, and this is just kind of like what I'm, 
what I'm perceiving from the song um, and from some of his other writings. He doesn't blatantly come out and say all of that, but um, but yeah, that that kind of has stood out to me a lot in recent months as far as the things that I guess hearing other people's stories like really inspires me and encourages me in my faith. Coming back to the fact that like I have experienced God in a real way that I can't fully explain, you know. I don't know. I th- I think I used to be years ago in a place where I was almost like trying to self-convince um, because I was like, well, this this really cool stuff happened in other people's lives, and like they're really convinced that it happened for them and that it was real and genuine. So like, um, yeah, I believe that that that's true, or I want to believe that it's true. You know, I want to be keenly aware that like. I don't know. The story of God is not just a thing that has happened in the past and that has happened for other people, but that the living God of the universe like resides with us, you know, and does life with us. And if we'd have, like we were saying earlier, if we'd have open eyes to actually be aware of those things and to, uh, to have ears, you know, set on listening that we would see a lot of that. But oftentimes for myself, yeah. You know, we just get caught up in the daily grind of things and, and we miss a lot of it. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, the cool thing about the Father is that, like, there are some times where he does teach us things in a moment, but a lot of the things that we do learn of him, we learn through time. Like, we learn through experience. And, like, you know, sometimes God's answers don't come in our timing. So, for a lot of people, and even, I guess I'll say for myself included, that uh, when God's answers are expedient, you know, or like timely in a way that we feel like we need to, you know, have them. We'll find ourselves easily like dejected or we feel like, well, this can't possibly be true then because it didn't come when I expected it to. But better than us having our answers is having understanding. And I think for me, experience brings understanding because like I can give someone information, but like, let's be honest, how many people are really transformed by information? Not a lot. But from experience and understanding, that's you, you live from understanding. You don't live from information, you know, and like it's the father's heart to teach and to shepherd us into the things that we don't quite understand yet. And like you said, if our eyes are open and our ears are set to receive and to listen and like our hearts are set to be patient in what God is seeking to teach, we'll actually be able to understand and not only understand, but actually be able to teach and replicate like what we've learned. I guess and we'd own it from our hearts and it won't be like me having to tell you that something about Jesus is true. You'd already know from experience of why it's true mm-hmm. or why it's a good thing or why it's something is not necessarily the most life bringing. Like you will know from experience and you'll live from that. Yeah, I think it changes the way that we talk to people, too. Um, I, I, I do think that it's necessary to share the story of God when it comes to, I guess, kind of like offering that, offering, you know, like the opportunity to make a decision to follow Jesus, um, mm-hmm. like recognizing that it's not just a thing that like, all right, you accept this concept, you know? Um, I, I, right. Like That's the word, concept. Yeah. <laughs> the like concept the, of God versus the person of God. Yeah. Yeah. The passage uh, in, in John that comes to mind is like uh, when Jesus says no man can come unless the father draws him, you know, yep. and recognizing that it's not just accepting, uh, you know, it's not just accepting like, oh, I believe that. But like, 
yeah, I believe that like the father is drawing me, you know? Um, and it, I don't know. Uh, God, God can grasp people however the heck he wants to, you know? Um, He's but, God. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think just understanding that like, I don't know, just prayer and like leaning on God's leading is more important than just saying the right things and like hoping that you present the gospel in a crisp, clear, palatable way. Um, but more so yeah. like a lot, like being faithful to, uh, be obedient when God leads you to do that. Um, but at the same time, like recognizing and trusting like that God's going to draw them. Maybe it's our job to, to plant a seed, but like understanding that God gives the growth, you know, um, and that might yes. come in a different timing. Um, or we might be, you know, blessed enough to actually see that happen. But, uh, whatever our role happens to be being content that like, all right, yeah, God knows what he's doing. And, um, I I just want to be a a witness bear, you know, like, uh, being able to bear witness of what God's done in my own life and the reality of who he has been to me and expressing that in a way that I don't know, people can accept or reject. Amen. Cause dude, the Bible does say that the kingdom of God is as if a man were to sow seed. Um, I feel like a lot of times we found ourselves like taught by the church in some, I guess like, and I want to apologize for anyone listening who have had or been approached by uh, believers who are overpassionate and undereducated. Um, that you have to give people the whole gospel every second of it like all at once like we should find ourselves more comfortable with sowing strong seeds and being okay with the seeds and letting them lie and allowing the father to do what he wants in that heart like there have been times where i've prayed for complete strangers in public and like in doing that i'll just let them know like hey man like jesus loves you that's why he gave you this healing or like Jesus loves you. That's why he gave me this word to speak over you. Like he sees where you're at and he wants a relationship with you. And like, you can't force that. You can't force a person to do that, but just allow that invitation to be made. Like we're, we're here to give invitations to the wedding party. Yeah. Like that's it. We're passing out invitations as many as we possibly can. And we're just allowing the invitation itself to be enough and allow the father to capitalize on what he wants. And that allows that heart, the freedom to like not feel pressured into a decision. But when they do make it, they'll make it for real. Yeah, it's basically just like an invitation to, to live if a full life, you know, like with God. Yeah. The uh, I think uh, our friend Chris Pasek, uh would say a lot of the time that it's like the with God life. That's a, that's a reality. Like it's. a a very open invitation like come all you know like you're invited into this um and like to live the life that you're meant to live i love the fact that he does say the with god life because it takes away the stigma that like when you give your life to jesus that is literally just going to be hell until you die (laughs) or the flip side that you're going to get all green lights when you're driving and like random strangers are going to give you money and you're never going to struggle like because those things happen to the just and the unjust. Like the Bible says it rains and the sun shines on the just and the unjust. So like the with God life is not defined by like how much better your circumstances get or how worse they get. But it's basically defined by like basically having the presence of God in the midst of not having answers yeah. immediately. And like Levi the poet says that like I'd rather have you than all of my answers. Love and I that think, line. Dude, I love it so much. <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, uh, 
eat, sleep, and dream that line. Like mm-hmm. it's so much better to have the presence of God even through hardship or when things are great. Cause then like there's no mountaintop and valley in life. It's literally just consistent and it's love and it's exactly where it needs to be, like at all times. Shout out to Chris Pasick and uh Unite Community Church. Big things coming up 2018, 2019. Ann Arbor, Michigan. Ipsy, get ready. And that's a church plant that he's doing, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. I'm so stoked for it, man. So, so stoked for him. Like, God's about to open some really cool doors. And, like, God's used him to speak directly into my life. Like, crazily. Like, when I first gave my life to Jesus, like, six or seven years ago, I went to my first Unite, but he wasn't even there. But when he actually was there, like, for the first time ever, I experienced, like, the actual beauty of the gospel and I just like Jesus and like the concept type of way, but like this is Jesus according to the Bible and just like through his teachings just fell in love with the character of God and was like, man, I just need to know more about him. I don't know enough about him and what I've been told about him. A lot of it has been true and a lot of it's been untrue and a lot of it's been unclear, but I need to know, I want to know. And dude, like God's used him tremendously to just like reveal his heart to me in so many ways. So like, yeah, that guy is awesome. I'll brag on him all day long. Yeah. Any listeners in in the Ipsy Ann Arbor area, like if you're leading a church home or just looking to, I don't know, just try something different. Uh, yeah, good people, man. Like, pray and uh, see what the Lord has. Yeah, we'll put the link uh, to that church in the the description of this episode if you happen to be in that area, or just want to. Yeah check out the website of a, of a new church plant um, that you want to be praying for or just kind of see what they're up to. I think it'll be a really cool deal. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Next week, we'll be releasing our episode with Jordan Doyle from the band Gaffer Project. And either one or two weeks after that, we'll be releasing our episode with Christian Holiday of the Gaffer Project. Once again, if you're interested in that Anthony DeMello book, The Way to Love, just go ahead and let us know by July 10th that you're interested and we'll pick one random winner to receive a copy of the book. And we'd love to hear from you if you want to check out our website, letgoddie.com. You can listen to past episodes, check out our study resources, or if you'd like to support what we do, click on the support tab and we have a Patreon account that you can contribute as little as a dollar a month to help us do what we do. Please join us back next week. Thank you so much for your time.